RMA would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Dharawal people. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to other Aboriginal people listening today. Um, oh gee, my favourite running moment I think was actually sharing a run with my daughter. The first time I did a run and my daughter was old enough in a pram, I remember it was at St Lucia, so it was Twilight Run and it was 10 kilometres and just sharing that moment with her, she was probably about, I don't know, five or whatever and she was in the pram and she just looked up at me through the little plastic mesh and said, Mommy, I'm so proud of you, keep going, you've got this. You know, so that will stay with me forever. She's like, I'm so proud of you, you know, and that was the moment where I went, I'm doing the right thing. As a running mum, pushing her in the pram and she could recognise, you know, that um, the effort I was doing and everything, you know what I mean? So that is something that will stay with me forever. I've actually got a photo of her crossing the finish line during that same race with her thumbs up to the cameraman and she was like cameraman mum camera and I thought oh geez that's what all runners do we all look good for the camera so yeah that's one moment that will stay with me for the rest of my life hello welcome back to another episode of the podcast I'm your host Nicole Bunyan thank you for joining me I hope you loved our last episode of the podcast where I spoke with Lisa Waitman and Anna Kroger about all things marathons. And today I have another very special guest with me, Jodie Cumner, and we're talking about marathons again. Jodie hails from the Gold Coast in Queensland and she's one of our community RMA ambassadors. And I wanted to talk to Jodie about her most recent experience running the Bravehearts 777 Marathon Challenge, which is a challenge that takes runners, national runners across Australia, running seven marathons in seven states over seven days. Not only did I want to talk to Jodie about her Bravehearts 777 marathon experience, I wanted to dive deep into what running means to her and her experience in being a running coach and a runner, and also all the things she has done and achieved throughout her running journey. As you'll hear from this episode, Jodie's just a beautiful soul um, and she has an incredible story. She used to be a police officer and um, now she's a, a really integral part of the running community up in the Gold Coast. She runs her own running coaching business, Inform Running, and she also runs the Child Chicks Running Group as well up in the Gold Coast region. I wanted to speak with Jodie especially about what the Triple Marathon Challenge is like and how that raises funds for Brave Hearts. For those of you that don't know, Brave Hearts is a charity that is up in the Gold Coast region and it provides a holistic approach to the prevention and treatment of child sexual abuse. We have had a long-standing relationship with Brave Hearts um, back in 2015. As I mentioned in this podcast, we raised almost $22,000 for Brave Hearts with a virtual event. Um, and as mums, it's really important that we focus on things that can protect and educate our kids. So Brave Hearts was definitely a charity of choice for us. I hope you were inspired by this story, whether you are running your first marathon or thinking about it, this story will inspire you. 
I mean, to run one marathon is an amazing achievement. To back up every single day in seven days and run seven is truly incredible. But Jodie shows us that it's not just about the steps of running a marathon, but it's about the reason and the purpose behind doing so. I hope you love this podcast recording with Jodie Cumner. Before we begin, a message from this week's sponsor, Physiocram Massage Gel. Physiocram has been helping Running Mums Australia to achieve their running goals for years now and ease those post-training muscular aches and pains. Hurting sucks and Physiocram has our back. To get your own Physiocram, head to www.physiocram.com.au. Don't forget, if you're a member of the member program, you can get 20% off with your member code. You can also find Physiocram at your local pharmacy. Hi, Jodie. Welcome to the RMA podcast. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to uh, chat with all you, yourself particularly, and the ladies this morning. It's great. Well, you've been a part of our community for a long time. We were just talking off air about how long you have been part of RMA and it's pretty much eight years so almost really since the beginning of time <laughs> and um yeah we're, we're we're excited to have you on because as you know this podcast is um, showcasing pretty much um RMA members and their stories and that's why I started it because I find it super inspiring to just learn about other women and their stories and why they run and how running has connected them and you know help them to learn about themselves and what's possible for them and you know I met you a long time ago um, up on the Gold Coast actually when I you know every year I come up for the running um, festival there and it's such a great event and I've watched you you know pacing people each year I've watched you you know with your own running um, group that you that you do up there and I've watched you being part of our community and remember there was one year a few years ago where you came to the tent next to me and we had the microphone thing out and you stood there supporting and yeah it's just nice to have that connection even though we don't live in the same state and um, just watching you from afar and what you do with your community of runners up in the Gold Coast, especially the ladies, um, is really inspiring to see. So I thought it'd be great to showcase your journey today. Yeah, thank you for that. You're welcome. So, but I just wanted to start by asking you this question. Um, you recently participated and, you know, this this podcast is, you know, I wanted to have a bit of a marathon focus lately because marathons are kind of a bit hot right now. <laughs> so um, I wanted to ask you about your journey. You recently um, in July competed in the 777 Bravehearts Marathon Challenge. Um, and I wanted to ask you this question to start. Um, what was going through your mind in your last marathon when you were finishing at the Gold Coast? Like, in, let's just talk about maybe the last few kilometers when you knew that you had complete completed that challenge. And for those listening, the Triple Seven Marathon Challenge—I don't even know if I'm saying that right—but anyway, Triple Seven Bravehearts Marathon, which we'll go into depth with yeah. later in the podcast is seven marathons in seven days in seven different states. So what was going through your mind in those last few kilometres? Well, just even just thinking about it now and you're saying it, it actually makes me a little bit emotional because it brings me back to that that moment and to share the journey with all of my uh, friends and club members and everything was just so special. That last particularly coming back down past Charisworth, I started seeing all my friends and 
and that last one kilometre when you come past all the tents was just, I just felt my body lift. It was it was very spiritual for me, Nick. It was um, everything just came together for that moment that I just felt so amazed, so loved, so supported. And to me, the Gold Coast Marathon this year, I don't know if it's because I just finished the seven or because we hadn't had it like that because of COVID for a while, but it just felt like it was a sold-out event. It was only the second time in the history of it that it was sold out. It just felt like the spectator support, the vibe was just hyped all the way around. And seeing you ladies when I crossed it, about 32 to go the other way up north and then come back was amazing just to hear the cheers and, you know, all the ladies screaming out RMA. And um, to me, finishing that run was just so overpowering and emotional and I just felt connected, connected, spiritually connected to the ground, to the earth, to all of my friends and family training. It was just a warm hug. Like crossing that finish line was just like a warm hug, not just because everyone was there, but it was just a feeling of what I've completed, what I ran for, um, what it meant to me and just how it was received at home, you know, how appreciated it was and how... um, yeah, just the love and support. It was just overwhelming that I was just riding that way for like a week or two afterwards. It was, that's why I run. I run for that connection. I run for that community. I run for just that, the rawness and that true, um, that true emotion and love that people show you, you know, like it's not, doesn't have to be said. It can just be seen in a smile. It can be felt in a hug, you know, it's just, I don't know, just that support, that love, that kindness and that humanity connection is just what I felt overwhelming and overpowering at the end, like nothing I've ever felt before. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, and someone said it just recently, I think it was Anna, and she quoted, maybe it was, I can't remember who the quote was from, but, you know, if you want to see, like, humanity in action, basically go and stand at the finish line of a marathon. And, like, it is so much like that. You know, you you just see everybody come together and it doesn't matter whether you're a runner or you're a spectator, everybody's on board and supporting and celebrating each other. And it, it is really, it's getting me emotional. Like it's actually really <laughs> special. I mean, yeah. I, I'm injured at the moment. I'm supposed to be, well, I was supposed to be running Sydney Marathon. It's highly unlikely that that's going to happen. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think that it doesn't actually, people have sort of said, oh, are you upset about that? And I'm kind of like, no, not really, because I'm still going to be there and I'm still going to be part of the event whether I'm running or not. And I found that there's so much purpose and joy in celebrating other people's journeys, um, especially when it comes to a marathon, you know, obviously as coaches and you would know this as well, um, just seeing your athletes you know, finish something they've worked so hard for or just your friends finish something and I'm sure your friends and family and all those that were supporting you along that 777 marathon journey were just just as excited for their own race if they were running as it, more excited for you to finish such a momentous occasion. So firstly, I just want to congratulate you on podcast because that's a really hard thing to do. But to run one marathon is some people's lifelong dream, right? And you ran yeah. seven in seven days in seven different states. So we'll get into that later. But yeah. I just yeah. want to say, well done. And not only because you achieved that, but what that actually, um, how that can inspire people in our community um, and also how that can inspire people maybe to get on board that um, Brave Hearts, you know, charity yeah, side yeah. of things. 
So we'll definitely get into that. But let's go back. I mean, how many marathons, if you know, people, you might have lost count, have you actually run now? Well, it's not actually that many. It's probably only about, which sounds a lot, but it's probably only around 20 marathons. So I've done a lot of halves, a lot of tens, but I really like the challenge of trails. So like yourself, I love the trails. I love the feeling of being connected to the earth. So for me, I'd rather do, it sounds silly, but I'd rather do a 50K trail or a 100K trail than a 42 on the road. Because to me, it's more, yeah, so to me, it's more in a way, I don't know, it's the scenery, it's the people, it's just a different run altogether. And I really love the vibe of trail running. So I love the scenery. For me, yeah, so it's probably only about 20 or so, including these seven, so maybe 27 now. And I don't know how many more I've got for me in the future. Like I'll keep trying to take on little challenges just to see what I can do personally, but also to see what awareness I can raise while I'm doing it. You know, I love my running, so why not put it to a good cause and just raise some awareness for different charities, you know, while I do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, let's just quickly touch on like that, like, you know, if you don't mind sharing, like how old are you? And, like, you know, in terms of running, I know for me my purpose has shifted. Like, you know, the reason I ran when I was younger was like, you know, a lot about personal, you know, you know, achieving certain times or whatever distances, but now it's shifted a little bit. And as I get older, what about for you? How do you feel that longevity? How do you want to have that longevity, I guess, is the question I'm asking. Yeah, well, for me, it's I've only got into running about oh, 2009. So for me, it's fairly new, if you can say that. I was always fit, you know, being a police officer for nearly 20 years. I was always fit. And since leaving the police, I don't know, I've always had that community, wanted to help and do something that's my purpose I think you know and then I got into running and coaching and you know a way that I can also help that might be a little bit better for my soul uh but I'm I'm just stepping into so I've always helped and supported others and I love doing that and I've just stepped into racing myself so I just turned 50 October last year um so I stepped out that age group and I thought I'll challenge myself um physically and, and mentally and do um SEQ trial series so I thought oh, I'll see how I go for a 50 year old and here I am racing 15 year olds and 23 year olds and you know we're towing the line but we had the most amazing relationship through it because it's not just as you said before about being a runner being fast being slow or competitive or boy or girl or whatever age it's about you're an athlete and you're all out there doing your best, you know what I mean? So no matter what it was, there was that um, respect and that for everybody, you know, tying the line. But I did pretty well in that series, so I thought, oh, I'll step up and see what else I can do. So I don't necessarily like uh, the race. You know, that feeling is a lot of pressure for me and I don't, it doesn't sit comfortable with me. So what I do is I love the, um, the growth, the journey, up until then, I like that self-challenge of um, changing my body in different ways, training for different things and seeing what I can achieve, you know. So it's that self-journey for me and that's why, um, you know, as you said before, towing the line uh, has got a few different emotions for me. But, yeah, being 50, longevity for me now, I love the distance. I'm not so much a short runner. I love the distance. I love the challenge. I love seeing different places and experiences, different cultures and different vibes and, and different people and, and speaking to them, um, you know, we know running is raw. It's 
you talk about subjects and things that you wouldn't normally talk about, you know. So meeting new people and hearing about their story, their journey, why they're here, that's what I'm interested in, you know. I love seeing what makes people tick and, and helping them along if I can. But, yeah, longevity, I think I want to run till I'm 100, you know. <laughs> Him upstairs hopefully blesses me and I can do that. But looking after my body in between, being that holistic approach, exercise, yeah, but food, nutrition, sleep, um, you know, and just your general overall well-being is important to me. So I hope I can achieve many more things, but maybe I can bring some awareness um, of different subjects and, and charities along the way. That's that's my goal now. Mm, I love that. And you're speaking to me, sister. <laughs> like it's yeah, yeah, everything yeah. You said resonates with me. Um, and I mean, you might you don't have to share, but like you, you just turned fifty, and you know I'm not far off. I'm forty seven in January. Um, yeah. I've got lots of friends who are over fifty now. And have have you noticed it's changed your running and your ability to do like certain things now that you used to be find easier? And you know, because there'll be a lot of people listening to this, and the question always comes up in RMA about you know going through perimenopause or menopause, and I don't know yeah. if you're in that stage right now, but you know, have you found that that's changed your running in any way? And there's, is there things that you really need to be mindful of now as an older athlete that um, we can share now that may help other people that are listening or or younger women that are eventually going to come into that phase as well? No, definitely I've got no problem. So turning 50, I've been in uh, menopause since 43. So I've actually been in seven years. So I'm definitely in menopause. I'm lucky that I'm one who doesn't have symptoms. Yeah. But I've also got osteopenia. That's been diagnosed years ago as well. So I've got to be really mindful of bone density. Mm-hmm. So that's why for me, strength every second day, um, bit of resistance training, light weights because I'm a runner. I don't do heavy weights and body um, body weight. So I make sure I do that. So at least 10 or 20 minutes every second day is really important for me and my bone strength. Um, also eating. I'm very aware of what I eat. I make sure that I eat cleanly. I try and eat um organic or whole foods where I can Um, so that's really made a difference to my running as well I just think that we just need to be more a little bit more connected with our bodies we need to take a step back and just keep it simple there's so much stuff out there that can complicate all the different proteins and foods and um, all the different gels and everything out there in the market just go back to your whole foods for me um, it works well and do uh, more natural stuff what comes naturally to you and just Feel your body, how your body responds to certain things. For me, it's just about now I'm 50, I'm noticing my body is changing in that I've got to uh, work a bit harder if I want to achieve a goal. So I've got to really set a little program like yourself and like my clients and I stick to a little program, build myself up, um, strength, distance and all that slowly. I make sure I eat well. I've got to have my sleep. That's my number one. I go to bed at like 8, 8.30 every night. So I've got to sleep well because I'm up at, you know, 3.30, 4 o'clock every morning. Um, I make sure I get my protein. So I, twice a day I make sure I definitely get good protein in. Um, I know I do my strength as well as, you know, a little bit of um, uh, distance or speed work, whatever I'm working on. So I make sure I definitely get my protein, my sleep and my strength work in. So I've got to make sure I have them um every day as well as move so the four things sorry I, I exercise a little bit as well it doesn't have to be a lot just any movements movement I say to my crew you can just go out and go for a little 10 minute walk any movements movement you know so those four things for me is important every day 
But just to keep it simple, it can get so complicated out there. Don't sweat it. If you didn't do it, you didn't eat it right that day, don't sweat it. Just, you know, just reset, be kind to yourself and go, okay, cool, today's going to be a good day because I've been through a lot um, in my past with my past job. I've been through a lot and it's just made me appreciate life and balance where I am at the moment, you know, and how important that is. But, yeah, just keep it simple and... Uh, just listen to your body. You know, if you're tired, go have that rest. Have the, I'm finding now I'm 50, I might have every second day a little nana nap in the afternoon. I never did that. I never allowed myself to do that. But now I'm actually enjoying just that half an hour of that hour just to revitalise, just to have me time. At night time, I turn off all my tech at 6 o'clock and I have half an hour of reading a book before bed, you know, just to unwind, just to get back to the simple stuff I used to do and never make time for, you know. So that's important. It's all that self-care that could be just a drawing or it could be just reading a book or listening to a podcast, you know, just something for yourself. Get back to having a little time for yourself and a little bit of downtime every every day if I can. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And it was such real gold, gold nuggets in there, you know, and the really important ones and things that we don't often think are important, like, but especially as mums as well, like sleep, like it's so simple. It's so yeah, simple. Yeah. Turn off the tech. Don't be, you know, enticed by it late at night. Go to bed early, read a book. Like I'm finding I'm loving that too, just get into bed and read a book, preferably read yeah. it off, off a screen, like, you know, on an actual paper book. Um, yeah. Every time I read a book, it sends me to sleep. And embrace the nap. Like I am I'm a very big napper. I love it. If yeah. I get a chance to have a nap in the afternoon, I'll take it. Um, because yeah. I find I need it as I get older. So thank you for sharing those things. Yeah. Um, let's go back to the running now. How would you describe yourself as a runner? What kind of runner are you? And you've said a few little things about what you love. So, you know, are you competitive or are you more like, not, don't really mind? Yeah, well, I never used to be competitive, but after doing that little series, I think now when I step up to a line, especially for the um, trial code series, when I step up to a line, a little twinge of me now, I must admit, and I'll be honest, goes, mm, we can have a good go. So when I train for something, I want to train to do my best at it, you know what I mean? And that little fire in my belly has been ignited. So when I'm training and when I'm running, I'm kind of like, no. But I step up to that line. I don't look at anybody else around me. I tell all my clients and all my athletes step up to the line take a moment or even just before 10 minutes before take a moment just to visualize yourself running the course it's going to be a good run you're going to flow through it you're going to breathe well and at the end of it you're going to come home strong and that's what I do I just set myself up for a positive race and I just think most of the time that actually works for me um, I'm not very competitive at all so if there's a run where I'll go hey do you want to run with me and somebody will I'll take that on. We'll have a, um, a giggle run, I call it. You know what I mean? Just a run where you can be social and fun. And I think that's important for myself. And I'll run a lot in my lower heart rate with other people, you know, just to time on the legs, no pressure. So I don't race at all much. And I don't know if that will ever change because it's just not in me. But if I'm training for something and I want to have a go at it, yeah, I'll do my very best, you know what I mean? So I figure I've trained hard, I've eaten well, I've slept well, I've got to do that for a purpose. And that's my goal isn't to be anyone, it's just to be my best version of me, you know what I mean? And I'm finding 
that version of me changes. I have different levels, different, like an onion. I'm peeling back and I'm going, oh, I kind of like finding that I can, like breakups for me, as you said, we'll go into it, but was emotionally exhausting and, and challenging more than physically. Mm. And so that was another level I'm learning about myself and that's what I'm finding through my running. I'm learning different layers and the older I'm getting, the better that is and the more understanding I'm getting about the person I am. You know, so spiritually, I'm growing so much through my running journey, you know, which is nice for me. Mm, I love that. So when did you start running? Like you said, you've only been running like not not a really long time. So what brought you to the world of running? So in 2009, I did my first 10K at the Gold Coast Marathon. All my friends were doing it. And I'd always done a little bit of couple of Ks here and there. But I did my first 10K and I think it was just the whole vibe of that marathon event back in 2009 that I just got hooked and then I had my daughter in 2010 and then I thought oh it can't stop me running so we were doing park runs in the pram and I was pushing her 21 kilometers in the pram and until she got to the age where she was like no mum this isn't cool anymore I'm too big for the pram and I had to let it go you know I think we've all been there yeah so giving that pram away was so hard for me and then she did a couple of little 2k events with me and but then it got into Nick for me I was finding that I became, because I'm a single mum, and I became a mum that was all about my child and I forgot myself. I lost myself a little bit and I thought it was a way of me not being selfish but me feeling, okay, I can get back to who Jodie is. Who is Jodie? Jodie is, I'm not just a runner, I'm not just a mum or anything, but it was time for me to have my time and I find that running is the time where I can really connect with myself so I started running longer distances. So it was from half marathons to 30Ks to 50Ks to 100Ks because then I was Jody. I wasn't a mum. I wasn't a wife. I was me and I had that time for me. It was time how to grow my mind and what I could learn about myself and how being a better Jody was being a better wife and it was being a better mum. And, you know, I could come home and just have that time for my family because I felt like, I knew who I was as a person so I could be a better mum. You know, I didn't have to just be that role of a mum anymore. I, I didn't have to resent when I was getting a little bit frustrated. I just, yeah, found I was a better person if I could have that Jodie time, if that makes sense. Mm. So running just, yeah, running brought that out in me and um, it was just something that I explored because it actually helped me mentally and emotionally be a better person. Mm, I love that and it's it's I mean it resonates to so many women that are listening to this including myself like running isn't just about you know the action of being or being in an event or you know working up towards a goal it's actually just it's meditative even it's 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 something that like it, it doesn't define you but it, it's something that I can't imagine not having it in my life and I hope hope to God that I always have it because yeah. something's not feeling like there's any is there's any you know upset in the universe or not, I don't feel like any equilibrium I, I go for a run and it just yeah. makes me feel better and it, it challenges me and it brings people into my life or different experiences that help me to grow as a person and and as you said like a yeah. like a layers of onion just peeling back who who you might be and what you can achieve and yeah, it takes you to different places and parts of your life, I guess, um, and yes. you learn different lessons. So I love that you 
use that analogy, especially that onion. I just think that's so great. And um, yeah, like I can't wait to see how many more layers there are to you. <laughs> oh, journey. Hopefully we get to follow until you're like a hundred, still running along. Yeah. Like, you know, you've mentioned that you were a police officer and we'll get into that too, but like, and obviously now you're a single mom. Did you find that running has helped you through the, the processes, I guess, of, you know, a marriage breakdown and and also, you know, you not, uh, you know, I'm not sure of the circumstances around you not being in the police anymore, but being able to help process that, I guess, those segues in life that has running helped you with those things? Yes, definitely. I think the biggest one for me is, I'm an open book, so I don't mind saying I got bullied in the police service so by other male colleagues. So I got end up diagnosed with depression um, and PTSD. So I was in a really bad place for two years. I was medicated and, and running just brought me back to um, discovering who I was. Um, as a police officer, I loved helping, helping people. I've wanted to do it since I was five. So to me, my... A purpose in life I always felt was to help people and without helping as a police officer who was I anymore mm. who was I and that's when I realized through running that the police officer as you said it didn't define me but I thought it did I thought if I'm not a police officer helping who I am I anymore so I kind of got lost and depressed and and I realized through running that hang on it's not being a police officer who I am it's finding out who I am and what I've got to give and my purpose, my journey isn't about wearing a uniform. It's about just being who I am naturally. And I just think once I did that and once I opened that door to how running helped me and um, realising that it wasn't that uniform that was making people like me or making me help people or allowing me to have the, what would you say, um, the platform to help people. It was just me. You know, so that's when I realised and that door opened and through my um, running, I was able to establish my run club. I've had been involved with one club and worked for a gym as a PT. Now I've got my own run club. I realised that, as you said before, the people that gravitate towards your life, the people that um, come into your life, you can help no matter what. It's not what clothing you've got on or anything. You can just go out for a run and you can help someone. So I find even going down the street, you know, I'm just more of a an open person and find people smile at you, you know, they can gravitate towards you because you are your true authentic self, you know what I mean? So to me, running has done that for me. It's allowed me to step away from an identity of who I thought I was to being comfortable with who I know I am. You know what I mean? So just expressing your true authentic, I think that's what running's done for me. It's made me step away from, hang on, that was my purpose, now I'm lost, to know my purpose continues to change and the road, my journey keeps moving, but I'll come across different people along the way, but you'll always find that that purpose is always there, if that makes sense. So my purpose is always there. And to me, I'm just grateful that I can use running to help people in a holistic way to help people in a physical and mental way, you know, and it helps me as well because, you know, people say, Jodie, you do so much for everybody, but what it gives you back, what running has brought back into my life is tenfold, you know. It's just so special, the relationships, the, as you said, the places and everything I do. So it's not to me just about 
running. It's about what it's brought to my life. You know, it's helped clear that identity of who I thought I was to letting me just be a more authentic, natural, holistic, you know, person. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's talk about that. I mean, you know, you do run some run clubs so you have informed running and you also run the trail chicks up in the gold coast that's where you live um what's it mean to you to have those communities i mean you know you've they're two different communities i guess one's trail running and one's working with people as a coach what does yeah, it mean yeah. to, you to have those communities i guess it's given you that sense of purpose um in your life that you know was missing for a time um, yeah. And also, what does it mean to those people to have you um, in their corner as well? Yeah, I think um, from what I hear and what I feel, you know, to running's a different vibe, it's a different relationship, and as a coach, you'd appreciate it as well. For me, when I coach people, I like a little it sounds cliche, but a little part of their heart and their soul comes with me. You know what I mean? So I'm personally invested in every single person because. I guess I'm interested in what makes them tick and their stories and, you know, generally interested in it. So for me, informed running is more of a little hobby that gives me a little bit of extra pocket money that I love. I love seeing people progress and stand on the start line and, you know, I love seeing um, my club mingle with other clubs and, you know, the vibe of, of when you get together at these events. So informed running is just special, you know, how it's brought people into my life and helped change their lives. But... The other one, Trail Chicks, we were talking about it yesterday. On the 24th of this month here, August, we're celebrating nine years. So it's our ninth birthday for Trail Chicks. So, and I've been running it about, yeah, five to six years by myself. I've been running it. And uh, it's something years ago, you know, one of the founders said to me, Jodie, you know, you can let it go. But because it's one of the only all-female clubs like yourself, it's just not that we're trying to be all-female and everything. It's just special I don't know it's something ladies can get out of the trails they can feel um supported and loved and comfortable and again back to their selves where they don't have to be um anything in particular a wood runner or anything we can all we're all different shapes sizes and places and purposes in our lives but we all come together and just talk about all the raw stuff and whether it's mothering or whether it's you know what happened at work you know so to me, trail chicks is really important um, and hopefully we're going to come down to Sydney next year maybe to do Sydney to serve for our 10th year anniversary, so that would be pretty special. Yeah, so um, to me it's important to keep them going, but it's more for trail chicks, the idea behind, like yourself, bringing ladies together to have a forum where they can feel safe running and they can communicate because they all get on the chat groups and, oh, you want to come here, you want to go there, or girls, I've got this, I've got that going on and, so it's just a place, again, like Running Mums Australia, that you can get together and you can have that support. You can feel like you can ask that question in a safe platform, you know. And and to me that's so important as a lady, as a mum, but as a person to have that platform where you can feel safe enough to ask a question, that you won't be bullied, that you won't be judged and, you know, that you'll feel loved and supported no matter what, you know. And and so to me, that's what the clubs are about, just bringing people together that are like-minded, but people that aren't like-minded, you know, people that need that little bit of support and love and care, you know what I mean? So, no, that's why I thank you, Nick, for creating RMA because even when I was running during 
this event or anyway, all you hear is, yeah, yeah, we really, you know, and it's just such a special little community that you just feel the love and the light, you know, and to be picked out of a crowd of 20,000 or however many people is just so special because you've got that connection without even knowing that person, you know what I mean? So thank you for bringing that into my life and to, into thousands of other ladies as well. Oh, you're welcome. And I just love when people say that, like, because, you know, it just, it's, well, it's 10 years this year since RMA started and, and it hasn't changed a beat. Like it just is the same as when I started it. The whole reason it's never, it's never wavered, you know, I, I wanted it to be a safe place, like you said, where people from any type of walk of life could come and feel like they're connected and not judged. They can, you know, from the very beginnings of running right up to Olympic level runners, like yeah. just incredible the people that form part of our community and I know that it's different in terms of its size yeah and we're all over the place um yeah. and it still feels so um small in a way like it just feels like everybody comes together and knows each other and there's rarely a bad thing it's just incredible and I just love when I go to an event and see like my husband always points it out to me like there's an RMA there's an RMA there's an RMA <laughs> And I'm like, I get a bit embarrassed, like not embarrassed. It's not the right word. Like I just get a bit like shy. I guess I don't like to yeah. put myself on a pedestal out there. I just want to be like everyone else. <laughs> so, but I, yeah. I just think it's incredible how it's touched so many women. But what I also think is incredible is that, you know, RMA is obviously a massive network of people, right? That's what I would call it, a network. We yeah. said we have these smaller running clubs, groups, whatever you want to call them, of women like you're doing with, you know, obviously informed running isn't just women, but there's women in there and child chicks that come together as part of the RMA community too and that we can all be one family. And I just think it's incredible. There's not there's not this like, oh, you're part of that group and I'm part of that group. It's not like that. Yeah. And that's why, you know, you know, a few years ago I when I was following you and and got to know you better I was like you you are just the epitome of what it means to be an RMA member like you are passionate about running you're passionate about women you're passionate about their stories and connecting them you're humble um, but you're still able to achieve great things yourself um, and I wanted you to be an RMA community ambassador as you are for the Gold Coast because of that and I wanted you to shine a light on not only obviously RMA and what we do but be able to help you grow your own community through that so um firstly i want to thank you for that because you are doing amazing things in your community and i think any woman who steps out of you know their comfort zone in a way and and it, and it, it is a lot of work to show up all the time as well um when you have your own commitments and family and things like that you keep doing it for other women and i think they may not say it to you all the time, but I'm sure they're appreciative of that because it takes mm -hmm. a lot to keep doing that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we were part of RMA for, we were speaking before, eight years. Yeah. What does it mean to be, I guess, a running mum and part of our community and how you've got a daughter, she's, I guess, 13 roughly, yeah? Yes. Um, that being part of RMA in that community and what you do as a mum, I guess, how does that impact her life? Like what kind of things does she see in your journey? Um, well, I think um, Natalia just sees that 
we can all be connected um, by simple things, you know what I mean? Like by the simple wearing of a hat, we're connected. You know, we're connected in a way that, as I said, is just love, care and support. But Natalia sees that we're not alone, you know what I mean? So it could be just her and I in this house, but we're not alone. There's a broader sisterhood. There's a broader, like a big hug out there, you know what I mean? So she just sees that throughout the world, it's not just her small little bubble, you know, like you're Australia-wide and even overseas I've seen you, you know, and and it's more so that we're connected as women, we're connected as humans, you know, and that's the biggest lesson that RMA has taught her as well, I think, you know, and, and just seeing the health and the happiness of people who are outdoors, it doesn't have to be just in running, but just to see the women outdoors, you know, wearing a shirt and all whatever, she's like, oh, my God, Mum, there's another one, there's another one, you know, because she realises that the support network is so, yeah, it's so broad but it's so important, you know. It's so important to to have a place where just by smile you're connected, you know what I mean? So I think for Natalia, um, RMA has opened her eyes to it's not just our little bubble and my circle of friends, even at a young age of 13, she sees that, the different run clubs and communities, as you mentioned, there's so many on the Gold Coast, but we're all connected because we've got a love and respect for each other. You know what I mean? And that's what it comes down to, that support, that love and respect for each other. And I think that's such an important lesson for her. It's about being outdoors. It's about being happy and healthy, but it's also about just feeling connected to another human no matter what they look like or no matter what they do. You know, it's just being having that connection to another human and that com, um, p compassion for them, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's what it's brought to her life as well. And I love, like, this week, I mean, there's the last few weeks, I don't know if you've been watching the Women's World Cup. Um, soccer. Yes. I mean, I'm yeah. just totally on board and I just love how everybody's got mm -hmm. behind women's football because... Like, you know, a few years ago, that just wouldn't have been the case. And we've got little girls, like, wearing all the Matildas gear and just yeah. dreaming really yeah. big because they've got people, women, who are showing them yeah. what's possible. And exactly. I equate that to what RMA members are doing for their own little girls and boys. You know, we're yeah. showing our kids what's possible. And we might not think that they're watching, yeah. but they are watching. You know, they're watching intently. Yes only later in life like my son's 22 now and he's just last this year decided to like run the UTA event and it's he's been ticking away for years and years just watching and he's like you know I think I, I could do this like you know what I mean yes yeah. you know what your journey is going to do for your kids and how it's going to inspire them so I'm sure she's inspired by watching you and also your community that you're yeah. part of you know, and all the things that people are achieving. So, yeah. well, like one little thing that did stand out, Nick, during my marathons, because it was hard to be away from home, yeah, which I haven't done before for seven, um, seven, eight nights, yeah. And when I got to Sydney, it was marathon number five. And in that morning, she messaged me and just said, Mum, I don't say it often, but I'm really, really proud of you. I'm proud of what you're doing. Um, Nana is as well have a look in your bag and she'd hidden a little trinket and it was just a little spiritual thing in, in my bag. And so I actually had a look in my bag and I went, oh, my goodness, because she doesn't express herself a lot, you know, and and I just went, oh, my goodness. And I went downstairs and said to them, I was in tears and Mindy said, what's wrong? I said, I need to go home, you know, like I just, 
I was down, but it just helped lift me because it was a special moment where my little girl acknowledged, you know, and that, as you just said, she just acknowledged what I'm doing, not not what I've achieved, but what I'm doing for others, you know what I mean? And that was a big thing to me. She actually went, oh, my God, we're proud of you and what you're doing and what you're standing there doing right now, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that was a big moment for me. So they do they do see what you're doing, definitely. I love that. Oh, how beautiful. Well, let's talk yeah. about the Brave Hearts 777 marathons now. Um, so do you yeah. want to explain to the listeners, like, what is Brave Hearts 777? Yeah, so what it is is Brave Hearts are a charity, a local Gold Coast charity they've been going for many, many years, um, and they raise uh, awareness and funds to help educate, um, empower and protect our children against uh, sexual violence and sexual assault. So they support them through the courts, through schools, and just empower children to know what's good and what's bad. So um, in January, a friend of mine just said to me, I met him at a physiocrine uh, promotion, and he just said to me, Jode, I'm doing this charity thing and I'm running seven marathons in seven states in seven days in um, ending at the Gold Coast Marathon in July. And I went, that's huge. I don't know if I can do it. And uh, so I just went away and it only took two days to play with my heart. And I just said, no, I've got to be involved. You know, I've got to look into this. I've done a few things years ago. I think yourself has done Brave Hearts too. I remember running a couple of years ago for seven days straight to raise awareness as well. So our national runners, we travel to every state and you can do any distance between seven kilometres and the full marathon and you wake up every morning and just do a marathon in different state, fly out two o'clock every afternoon. So I just went, yep, I've got to be on board. So there was 18 of us um, that started the journey and uh, we all did the full marathon. So every day everyone did a full marathon and um, it was just about we had to raise a certain amount of money and then we travelled and just did this marathon just to show what, um, you know, raise awareness, yeah, but just to show what your mind can do and how you can help others and educate others into how important it is for our children just to have a normal childhood and be safe, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought if I can put my body out of its comfort zone and do this, like Sydney was nearly my breaking point marathon number half, five sorry halfway through and I just thought if I can do this now they've got to live with this for the rest of their life so if I can push myself through now and help raise awareness on the way well that's what it's about so yes yeah, seven marathons in seven states in seven days was pretty epic but the experience um spiritually I just came back a different person you know and more um more aware of my environment and what's going on around me and how I can support and protect children but also to help other women like as a 50 year old lady I was hearing from friends that had never mentioned to me I've been friends with them for 15 years and some three years oh that happened to me as a child oh that happened to me and it's like wow so it was opening up the conversations to again feel women uh, give them a safe platform that they can talk about uh, I guess complicated and you know really hard experiences so it helps them uh, connect with other women in a way that they can relieve that layer. They can go, oh, gee, I've been holding that, I've been hurting inside, but it helps them heal because they can talk about it comfortably now, you know what I mean? So it's all about, yeah, just trying to get those conversations going for me. Mm, and I guess 
coming from your training as a police officer as well, that would really help you with a lot of those conversations because I'm sure there was many, many difficult conversations that you had to have as a police officer in your time. Um, but, like, it's incredible, the Bravehearts. I mean, what they do is incredible. And we've we've had a connection with Bravehearts for a very long time with RMA. I mean, I was just remembering when I was preparing for this podcast, I thought years and years ago, it was 2015, um, we did a, a virtual event to raise funds and awareness for Bravehearts. And I, I just looked it up this morning. I thought, oh, how much money did we actually raise? We raised twenty one, almost $22,000 mm-hmm. with yeah. that virtual event. Mm-hmm. Um, People just paid $25 and got an entry. I think there was like 1,800 or something registrations um, and they got a medal at the end, a Bravehearts RMA medal, which I would still have somewhere. Um, And it wasn't about, yes, it was about raising funds to help Bravehearts continue to do what they do, but it was more about raising that awareness because as mums, I couldn't think of anything more horrifying than something happening to my babies, you know? Um, So to have a charity like that that's, that's supporting and helping protect our kids and raising awareness around this issue is is hugely important and another reason why I wanted to get you on the podcast today because someone will listen to this podcast and say what is Bravehearts and they'll go on and have a look and support them or they'll go I could do that next year I can raise I can sign up and run the triple seven marathon challenge or whatever they can set their own challenge and donate so I mean, this is why I have this platform of Iron Maids to share causes like this to help empower women and help educate women about different things that are happening in our world. And, yeah, your story, I mean, there's been other RMAs that have run 777 in the past um, as well um, and even, you know, like, Jess ran again this year um, as well. And but I just thought, oh, I really got to get you on because, one, I wanted to share your story specifically but why you participated in this amazing challenge so you know you said like it it's obviously a tough thing to do you've left home for nine days um so that's one thing to consider but training for seven marathons in seven days how did you work up to that kind of thing obviously training for one marathon yes yeah now it was a long time so I started in January to run the end of June so it took a long long time and it was just basically for me personally I handle a lot more back-to-back running so it's just building my volume but building it over two days and over three days and so it's just basically towards the end running a marathon every Saturday and well probably 20 on Friday marathon on Saturday and then another 20 to 30 on Sunday so I was just trying to do the back-to-back but it's all about Uh, your nutrition, as I said before, your nutrition, your sleep, getting that balance. It's not just about running. It's about getting that balance, getting that support, you know, and and running with people like I ran, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see how many kilometres I ran in building up my training, but I would say about uh, 85% of that was with other people. So it was not just about my journey to get me to the um, Braveheart 777 Challenge. It was about building it with everyone else so everyone else came on the train with me you know we all went on that little journey and we built those kilometers those conversations you know as we went but also I had to um, try a lot of different uh, proteins and a lot of different uh, fueling so I just managed to somehow get all that 
on point and what worked for me, listening to your body, you know, what fueled you right. And I actually got a nutritionist on board, so I got a bit of, you know, good advice there, professional advice, because I knew it was going to be taxing. 295 kilometres in a week is huge, you know. So I didn't want to be injured permanently or have something wrong with me afterwards. So uh, for me, you know, it's all about doing the right things, taking the time, taking the care, and that slow prep, which is why it took six months, you know. Yeah. So six months built, you know, towards that, just doing it properly. Um, I try and tell my clients, if you're going to do something, don't try and jump on everything, you know, just try and pick one good race. You're the, you're the same and we do it well, you know, you prepare for it. You don't try and jump on every single thing because there's so many. You could do a race every weekend if you wanted to, you know, but it's just, preparing for what you want to do and just doing it well you know what I mean and taking the time to build strength and and just to eat well you know along the way so yeah so important I mean how much is it like how much do you have to raise to participate in the challenge so for this challenge it was 10,000 we had to raise 10,000 so I did a few like Bunning sausage sizzles, I got onto some of my um, like on fixed nutrition. So I got onto fix, I got onto physio cram, uh, wild earth were amazing. So just got onto a few of my um, ambassadors, you know, and I also got onto my uh, just my clubs and just people in general and just put it out there and just you know to share a cup of coffee. You know, we had raffles and all that. So ten thousand uh, dollars per person. To do it, um, it's just gone up. I've just been told next year it's going to be eleven thousand um, because of all the cost of living and everything's gone up, which is totally understandable. But yeah, it's a lot of money. But if you give yourself time, I only had six months, but it opens soon, I believe. So if you want to jump on board next year, just um, ask around. You know, you, yourself, running mums, you know, Australia donated towards it as well. So. Just get on board and just um, put the word out there because you'll be surprised. I had little local businesses donate as well. Like you mentioned lions, you know, um, you mentioned all that and people will definitely donate to, you know, good charities. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just give yourself the time and, and try and take the, the pressure off and other people will help you along the way. Mm, yeah. I mean, yeah, it sounds like a lot of money, but it, I mean, it's not a lot of money when people are in your corner. And like, you know, no. yeah, like people are happy to donate to something like that. I mean, I think it's incredible. And there's been many women that have done some pretty cool stuff in RMA, and I'm always happy to donate to women that are making a difference, especially for others. Um, I think it's incredible what you did. So, and I was just so pumped to see you finishing. So, it was pretty cool. That was that was a memory I won't forget. Yourself and Anna screaming from that sideline. Yeah, and then being there, everybody you wouldn't have seen it, but Nick was there at the end with Anna. You know, our, our Brisbane RMA ambassador, and they were there gave me a big hug at the end, and that was so special too. So I thank you both. Like I think I was delirious, but <laughs> I remember you being there and giving a big hug, and yeah, that was just so appreciated. Um, and in that moment, just that, as I said, that overwhelming love and support, and and just the sisterhood, you know, was there. It was strong, and it was really empowering for me at that time. No, oh, I love that. And I love that, like, there was other women there that, you know, obviously friends of yours that we'd never met before and we all just were chatting and sharing those stories and we were all yeah. so proud of you, you know. So uh, I, I didn't, you know, obviously we have the 10 at the Gold Coast this year, but I was not going to miss it for a second knowing that you were finishing this amazing achievement. So definitely was worth being there for that. Um, oh, thank you. 
let's talk about like what was it like to run a marathon and then go shower pretty much you wouldn't have a lot of time run a marathon try and have something to eat shower and then get on a bus or train or whatever it is you had coach and get to an airport and jump on a plane like how did you get through that every day I mean I guess the first few days weren't too bad but by as you said day five six like how did you how did you get through that time and what sort of things did you do to make sure that your body was recovering well, I was, I don't know, naive, I guess, in thinking that we get there and we'll be able to go have a look around and I'll be able to walk out of the hotel and check out because I've never been to half of these places, you know, yeah. these states at all. And we got there and it was like, okay, we checked into Perth and straight away it was up in your room, half an hour back downstairs, have our briefing or, and it's like, okay, cool. And then back in your room, got another hour, you got to go down and we walked to dinner and then to bed and then as you said we were up every morning seven o'clock on that line um to start a marathon finish by 11 30 or whatever it may be some didn't finish till you know midday or one and then we were out the door again at two to catch another flight um it was really hard for me because there was no downtime so i was lucky i had some compression legs and heat wraps and all that so i was managing to eat lunch while i was um, had the legs on and, you know, having a quick shower and then you only had one to two hours a day seriously to yourself to recover and then you get to the airport and sometimes flights were delayed so you had to wait around the airport for a couple of hours and stiff and so we all pulled out the legs and, you know, so and had our massages and, you know, the care from the support crew there at the airports. But emotionally and, and um, mentally it was very exhausting for me and I think I just got through that by the support from the crew like the Bravehearts people just went above and beyond for all of us you know nothing was a problem 9.30 at night come up let's get a massage and, or if you want to have a chat to me and see how you're feeling and there were so many tears on the course you know there were so many hugs and and uh, even the they're called Aurora they're a, a crew that do all the medical stuff so they had bikes so there was a seven kilometer course so you do um six laps of seven kilometers and the aurora that two of them were on bikes and medics and two of them were on foot so anywhere you went they were like what do you need what do you need and nothing was a, a problem so you got massages physios every day and so they really really look after you there uh, the food was good i'm a plant-based person so i thought it might be hard uh so not, nothing was ever a problem i got my food and all that in so to me, it was just about the days just flowed into each other, which as you can understand, the sleep, some nights we weren't getting to the hotel till 11.30 at night and you were back up at, you know, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning. And so the sleep um, wasn't that great either. But at the end of it, I think it was just knowing that everybody was in the same boat. You know, we were all tired. We were all fatigued. We were all feeling it. We were all hungry. But... It was just about supporting each other and because you're in it for a common cause which is specifically this Bravehearts one I think it was just so important and I don't know to feel that connection like the connection was so strong within a couple of days you know and and I think that's how you got through it knowing that you're all feeling the same and one of the boys Steve said to me we ran beside each other we both couldn't talk in Sydney Marathon 5 I actually stopped talking and I had to say to a support runner that was running beside me, sorry, I can't talk. I had to be in my own head and that's never happened to me. So that was a different feeling and a different level for me. So I just ran beside Steve for company 
I, I couldn't talk with him, you know what I mean? So it's that connection that didn't have to be spoken about but it was felt yeah. and I think that's what got me through, knowing that we all had that connection, we all had that support. It was there no matter what, you know what I mean, and we all just support each other. So even though... Physically, it wasn't too hard for me. A lot of them did break down and they were feeling injuries and even after marathon number two, but we were all there for each other on that finish line. Every lap, we were there giving a high five, you know. So I think to get through it is uh, just that support network, you know, is really, really important. And that's what kept me towing that line every day, you know. Yeah. I mean, did you, what were you thinking about, like, when you were running each day? Did you choose something different each day or, you know, what was motivating you, I guess, to keep going each step? And, yeah, what what were you thinking about or were you just not thinking about anything? Yeah, well, I think for me Sydney was a turning point. Halfway through marathon number five, I was just like, this is a really hard day in the office. This is really tough for me. And I didn't want to do it anymore. I was like, no, I could be done right now. But... It was more about, no, Jodie, think about what these kids are going through. Think about what they've got to live with. So I just tried to turn my focus on, okay, um, other people have got so many things going on. This is nothing, you know. And then I I thought, like, in the next day was um, Canberra and I thought about my family, my my mum, you know, her health problems and what she deals with every day. And so I think just along the race, it was more seven kilometre loops. Come on, you've got three, number two, number three and four are hard. You know that. And it's, you can enjoy number five and six. And so Canberra for me was beautiful. I enjoyed Canberra. I ran a lot by myself because I needed to. But I really enjoyed it. I just embraced the walkers. I thought about home and I thought about the positivity of seeing my family and friends soon and everything that was going to happen at the Gold Coast. And I just envisaged... I don't know, the love I would feel there. And I think that's what got me through, Nick. It was just feeling what was coming up, what was I was looking forward to, to seeing at home and what I missed, you know, like oh, I feel emotional now, but it was what I had missed but what had never left me. So I learned that no matter where I was, that love could be strong. And I think that's what I felt in Canberra. I felt that support, that love from family, friends and community is there no matter where I am. So I might be in Canberra, but I can feel it. And that's when I felt the strength from everyone. I felt the support and I felt that. And that's what I needed to draw on, you know. And I think that was what was important, feeling that powerful connection no matter where you are, you know what I mean? If you draw on that strength, it really, really can support you emotionally, you know. Yeah. I mean, all these races... I mean, I could be wrong here, but all these races except for the Gold Coast were just run on courses that Bravehearts had put together, right? They weren't all in races. So yeah. it's not like you have thousands of people and the vibe of thousands of people until the final race um, that can help carry you through. So really you're there with the community of the Bravehearts National Runners and the yeah. support crew and anyone yeah. else probably jumped in um who's I guess following along and sharing this journey with everybody do yeah. people like because obviously just running around streets of Sydney or whatever do people like ask questions like what are you guys all doing like do you get that from yeah. the community along the way as well yeah I think so because they have state runners as well so people in Sydney could come down and Sydney I think we had over 100 people 
So it was amazing. That's what I loved. Every day you had fresh faces, fresh conversations, you know, and and I've met a couple of people that now are my friends on Facebook and I've been catching up with them. When they come here, they want to have a run with us. And, you know, and that's why I said at Sydney, RMA was big, you know, and I could really feel RMA because I was wearing the clothing in Sydney and I got a quite a lot of, yay, you know. And so for me, um, a lot of locals could see what we were doing and because you have family and friends of people from all the other states, they could see what you were doing. So they were just out there sitting by watching you do all these crazy laps but supporting, you know, keep it going. And they could see you were struggling, but they were saying, you like, keep it going. People had bought Bravehearts merchandise and had it on their dogs, you know, like. So people were really, really supporting everywhere we went because I think this is the seventh year that this 777 has been going. So And they returned to the same places. Yeah. Um, and I think... What I learned was I really got attached to the crew and the other runners because it was a 7K loop. You went past them all the time, but I was reliant on seeing them. So seeing the medics on the course, seeing the support crew and then running one or two laps with you became really important. You know, so that's what I think I drew on. And for me, Gold Coast was now breaking it down into seven-kilometre loops, you know, so... Because Gold Coast was hard because it was 15 down, 15 back, and you've got another six up and six back. So I just kept going, you threw lap one, you threw lap two, you, you know, and that really helped me through. So even though it sounds hard, those seven-kilometre loops, because your support was there all the time for you, um, actually made it a lot more comforting, you know, and I got reliant on that a bit, especially I think in Tasmania it was minus five, so it was freezing. So, yeah, it was ice everywhere and Canberra was cold and Sydney was cold. So the whole trip was cold. I was tired of feeling cold. But, um, you Let's know. Let's not forget you come from the Gold Coast where you're never cold. <laughs> well, I tell you, the cold, Gold Coast, yeah, we get cold. But when I come back here, it was like, oh, my gosh, I finally feel a bit warmer, you know. You don't so, get Yeah, the cold was hard, but. You know, it, it made it fun and challenging and, and, yeah. and different, you know, different experiences. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I always joke with Anna that she really doesn't, that's why she's always so cold if she comes here. Like, I'm like, you don't even understand what it is to be cold when you live in Queensland. <laughs> it's just so different. Yeah, not at all. We don't. We're very spoiled up here. Yeah, especially Tassie. I mean, that that is cold. That is, like, literally cold. <laughs> it's like ice. So yeah. Oh gee. Um okay, so would you do it again? Well, this is a big question. I say to myself always, never say never. That's my motto, never say never. So um I straight away was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm done, never again, never again. And I think a few of us did, but when we did it, there was 18 of us national runners this year. Three of us, three or five, I can't remember, were new. So that goes to show you 13 at least were returning runners. Yeah. Why? Because of the camaraderie and, you know, that just that feeling, that amazing feeling you get of completing this challenge and what you've done, the conversations. I don't know, but I say never say never, but when I look back on it emotionally, it was quite taxing on me. It took me, I was exhausted for like four weeks. It's, I think we're in week six or seven now. Um, I was emotionally exhausted for like four weeks or so. I felt like I just was flat all the time and I think it was that emotional, ex you know, exhaustion. Um, I've got 
another challenge next year. So it won't be next year. I will do it in the future again because I'd love to take a team over with me and take more people um, to help them get through something like that as well. But next year I'm looking at Kokoda again with uh, another women's team. So mm -hmm. we just have a really good team. So I want to do you know, a different charity and raise different awareness and I'll do some other epic run with a friend of mine, Jake Malby, I don't know if you know him from Wild Earth. So Jake, the goat runner, he wants to do something with me next year. So we'll do something um, he does living and and uh, Lifeline and, you know, so we'll do something together next year. But definitely Kokoda and Brave Huts is a little bit too close to do both of them again, you know. So I'll give my body a break and I'll just do a different challenge because it was quite taxing. I'm still um, giving myself eight weeks recovery this time, so I'm still being a good girl and, yeah. and making sure I feel well and not go too crazy with my exercising and everything. So listening to my body and trying to refuel, rebuild and take it nice and easy. So never say never, but definitely won't be next year. Yeah, it's a bit... I'd love to see everyone again, but I can see them in different ways, you know what I mean, and connect with them in different runs, different events, and, you know, so we can connect in different ways. But, yeah, it's definitely something I recommend to do um, for everybody out there. It's amazing. You might even inspire one of your runners to do it. And so you might be on their journey helping them achieve something. Yeah. Like so you just don't know. You just don't know what the future holds. And sometimes, you know, things happen and yeah you do it again or you don't but you're still part of it and you still can share about you know the great work that brave hearts are doing i mean if anybody yes. wants to sign up to do the triple seven challenge like how can they find out more about it yes yeah, so they can just go on to um brave hearts so just um google go onto their website uh brave hearts triple seven challenge or even just brave hearts give them a call they're really really helpful they're a local gold coast uh, charity here um, they're really helpful and they'll help you out and all the details are there anyway yeah. on the um, the national runners triple seven national runners you can go in and see a bit about our history the previous Bravehearts runners um, as you mentioned Jess earlier Jess Peel she's a, an amazing beautiful soul so I met Jess and you know um, a few other RMAs on there and yeah just jump online and just or just give them a call and they'll you know more information about it well i'll make sure that i put in the show notes all the details to how people can find out about it um and also yeah, how they can you. follow you and your journey as well and find out more about the things that you're doing uh, if they want to jump on board with child chicks or if someone wants coaching and is in yeah, the office area and wants to jump on board in form running that's great for them too so i'll make sure i put all those details in the show notes um yeah. before we finish i always finish with the hot lap so i have some questions that i have put together for you before yeah. i do the hot lap there's one question i didn't ask you which i really wanted to ask which yeah. was, um so many women don't want to start running because they think it's hard and i'm sure you get this a lot with people that come for you come to you for trail chicks or come to you for coaching yeah. What would you say to them now that you've learned what running has done for your life? Um, I would say, I know I get a lot of ladies that come to me and say, oh, I want to get fitter before I come to you. You know what I mean? But I just say to them, come and join running. Running isn't just about, well, it doesn't discriminate any sex, age or, you know, gender. Uh, sorry, of course, but it doesn't discriminate. So I just 
say to them, just come along, enjoy, come along and feel a part of a community and um, that's what running can do for you. You know, it is, it can be hard, but if you start to enjoy something like running can be fun, running can be easier and easier can make it fun, you know, and then community can make it fun. So I just think come along, join it, try it. And if it's not for you, so be it. But don't be scared to step out of your comfort zone and try something where you can be with a whole lot of like-minded people who might be in the same situation as you. They all feel comfortable, but just draw it back to we all started somewhere. We all had to start. So not everybody was a professional athlete or, you know, running um, kilometres and kilometres. So we all had to start somewhere. So just... Come along, join it and try it and see how you feel afterwards. And I guarantee you will walk away with a smile and with a, a little friend, a little Facebook friend or something because it always happens, you know. Oh, you're in my area. Let's meet up and let's go for a run or let's have a coffee. And, you know, so you will establish a connection with someone because um, it's getting together with like-minded souls, you know what I mean. And I, I think just, yep, come along and try it. That's my best advice. Yeah. Try it, step out of your comfort zone, and you'll be rewarded. Mm, I love that. All right, into the hot lap. All right. Yeah. Now, this is like you're going to have to draw on a memory from somewhere. It doesn't have to be Brave Hearts, it can be anything. What was your favorite running moment to date? Um, oh, gee, my favorite running moment, I think, was actually sharing a run with my daughter. The first time I did a run and my daughter was old enough in a pram, I remember it was at St. Lucia, so it was Twilight Run, and it was 10 kilometres, and just sharing that moment with her, she was probably about, I don't know, five or whatever, and she was in the pram and she just looked up at me through the little plastic mesh and said, Mommy, I'm so proud of you. Keep going. You've got this. Oh. You know, so that will stay with me forever. She's like, I'm so proud of you, you know, and that was the moment where I went, I'm doing the right thing. As a running mum, pushing her in the pram and she could recognise, you know, that um, the effort I was doing and everything, you know what I mean? So that is something that will stay with me forever. I've actually got a photo of her crossing the finish line during that same race with her thumbs up to the cameraman and she was like, cameraman, mum, camera. And I thought, oh, geez, that's what all runners do. We all look good for the camera. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one moment that will stay with me for the rest of my life. No, oh, I love it. That's so beautiful. All right. What is the favourite thing that you like to see your athletes do? Um, I like to see them, um, what would I say? I just think uh, for me I like to see the athletes not achieve a personal best or anything. I just want them to be happy and them to have accomplished something. Like even this morning we had a, bit of a tough session and one of the girls is like man I ran the whole session you know so for them to have that little light bulb moment where they've gone wow it ticks over and finally everything's coming together I think that little moment where they get that little sense of self-pride and appreciation for what their bodies can do that's that's what I want them to achieve mm, great love that okay what was the hardest thing about running the triple seven uh, being away from home. As a mum, I remember I can honestly say I got to Perth, I got up in my room, put my bags down, didn't unpack, and the first thing I did was call my mum. 
my mum's my uh, life support. She's her and I have got the most amazing relationship, and I just treasure her. And the first thing I did was cry, to be honest, because um, I was missing home. And I just called my mum, and of course, my mum talked me through it and just said, "You know why you're there?" She said everything straight with a few couple of words. We love and support you. You know, you're there for this purpose. You're there for yourself. And I felt better. So that that was the hardest moment of it for me was just getting there and the realisation of what have I done? What have I done? You know, I'm away from home. How silly am I? And my mum just putting me at ease and just feeling the love through the phone, you know. So, yeah, that was my toughest moment, the beginning. Once I got started, it just all flowed. But, yeah, the beginning of the realisation of, wow, this is huge, you know. So it dawned on me. And how beautiful that, you know, even at age 50, you can still need your mum. <laughs> like, yeah. right? I love that. Yeah. I'll be the same. Don't you worry. I'm always ready for mum. Okay. What is your bucket list running goal? Well, the one thing that as a runner you would like to do in your lifetime? Um, I've got so many things on my bucket list. I think, you know, I've got so many things I still want to achieve and I want to do and, and um, you know, uh, along my journey. Uh, they'll get bigger and, and stranger. But the bucket list that I want to do, Nick, is to share a run with my daughter. Mm. Yeah, like this will make me emotional too, but she's 13. She doesn't enjoy running, but I'm hoping that she will come back to it. In Sydney, I had one of the ladies I met, it was her first time as well, Jules, and Jules won't mind me mentioning this, but her daughter was 21 and her daughter was going to do the half marathon with her, um, you know, just to run with mum because she was there in her own home state. Uh, she ran the full marathon with her and to see this girl run and support her mum and just the cuddles, the holding hands, the the looks, you know, that I saw from them both. And at the end, I was there when they crossed together. I would, that's my bucket list, to share a moment like that with my daughter whew, would be amazing. Mm. So, yeah, I think just to share that rawness and to share that little journey, mm. that mutual love, understanding and respect, I think would just be special. So that's, it might never happen, but hopefully one day it'll even be in a two or a 5K run with my daughter, but she has to want to do it. Yes. You know what I mean? She's getting better with wanting to come outdoors and, and spend time with me. She'll ride while I run, but she's just she has a few little sore knees at the moment, so I just don't push her into it. It might be just her growing, being 13 and hitting that hormones. But, yeah, that's my bucket list. That would be my epitome of motherhood is to share what I love with my daughter, but she's got to want to love it as well. Yeah, you know, that moment, like your son, your son going to want uh, wanting to do that, which is just so special, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I can understand that because I have a pretty similar bucket list. Like, I would love my kids to run with me. And there was a time when they were little, they came to a few runs and they did run. But then, as most teenagers do, they just fall out of love with that kind of thing. And you know, he's now twenty two, and he's finally started to want to run, but he won't run with me. He says, no, yeah. you're, I'm not, like, fast enough or I am not can't go as long or whatever. And I keep saying, but it, I don't care. Like, I'll run whatever. And he's just like, I'm not ready yet. And <laughs> I'm just waiting. <laughs> that would be amazing to me to be able to sign up to do something with my son. Uh, yeah. I just 
think would be just beautiful. I would just yeah. love that so much. So I can totally understand why you want that. Yeah. Um, okay, the last question I have for you would be, what would you want your legacy to be? Um, that's a big one. Well, I think I'm kind of already laying that path. Like um, naturally my legacy would just be, I think, for, I don't know, like my daughter said it to me the other day when I got home from Braveheart. She said to me, Mum, you are doing an amazing job at just helping people to live a happy life, live a simple life, and also to be their best versions of themselves. So, you know, people say, I want to leave people happier than when I found them. That could be cliche, but that's exactly it, Nick. You know, like yourself, I... I just want to leave people being the best versions of themselves, no matter what that is, even if it's a little bit more or a little bit, I don't know, different. I don't know. I just want my legacy to be uh, this lady. She helped me one day to help um, love life and help make life, strip it back, be simple, but enjoy it and live it to the fullest. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be living fullest to be, I've got to achieve that goal or that big marathon or whatever. It's just being chipping away and being a little bit better than I was, you know. So just um, the realisation with myself um, since Braveheart is that we can't take anything with us. You know, you've got to live every moment because you're not assured of what might come, but also you can't take it with you. So you don't need all the material things in life. What's important is that relationship you have with your family, that relationship you have um, with another person and how you interact with a stranger. So my legacy would be, okay, I've learned that life is just you've got to be your authentic self and people will be drawn to you and that's okay. You know what I mean? People would love you for who you are and who you are is special. You know, my daughter's going through a lot of um, ASD diagnosis at the moment and she's learning that she's awkward and that's okay. You know what I mean? So my legacy would be to be yourself and that's okay. If I can leave that with people, you are good enough and um, I got loved and appreciated and liked because of who I am. You know what I mean? Hopefully that will be my legacy. It doesn't have to be about running. It's just about you're good enough. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that would be mine. Yeah, and that is your legacy, Jodie. I mean, you're just such a beautiful human. So, um, Thank you. you know, if if there's one thing I can say about you is that you're definitely living out that legacy, absolutely, in everything that you do. And I just want to thank you for sharing your story um, because it is a brave thing to do um, and to share different facets of your life that maybe you don't talk about openly um, and it's an incredible achievement what you've done and, and helped other people out there in the world. So congratulations. And thank I'm looking you. forward to sharing the next part of your journey as well. So thanks for joining us. Well, thank you. Thank you for everything you've done to me, for all of us ladies and for the community. You know, like you've bonded so many people. I see men and husbands out there supporting all the RMAs. Like at the Gold Coast Marathon, it was amazing. In Sydney, how many men would say, yeah, RMA, you know, like, and I don't know. So it's important for them because obviously now they've got a happy, healthy uh, wife and mother as well you know so it's not just about the women you're just changing lives of families so thank you so much for that as well yeah. thank you for the opportunity everyone i've really enjoyed this thank you oh you're welcome
Well, I hope you love this podcast with Jodie Cumner. I will put in the show notes links to Jodie's Instagram where you might get to know her. And also, if you're in the Gold Coast region, you might like to join in one of her Trail Chicks runs or join in her little running community. I will also put in the show notes a link to the Bravehearts website if you are interested in the 777 Marathon Challenge or just supporting Bravehearts. Coming up on the Wednesday, the 30th of August, is their Bravehearts day where you can gift a brave heart to raise much needed funds for this special charity as well so i'll put all the links to these things in the show notes for now if you have a story that you think that i should share or you know someone in rma who has an inspiring story and you would love to hear it on the podcast i would love to hear from you please shoot me an email at runningmumsaustralia at gmail.com of course you can always find me on socials as well For now, I hope you are all safe and well wherever you are and I look forward to bringing you another story next time.